Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we started a series last week. It really grew out of a statement that is made by James, the writer of the epistle of James, where he talks about Elijah, the prophet Elijah, the mighty prophet Elijah, being a man like you and I. And when you read that, it's kind of hard to comprehend because you know that Elijah prayed and Elijah accomplished much, but you look at your life and prayer actually for a lot of us is a frustration. Prayer is really a, a burden that we carry that we know that we need to do, but we find ourselves often struggling with prayer, how to pray, when to pray, staying awake while we pray. We just struggle, we just wrestle. And to have it, the statement of the Scripture say that he's a man like us, well, I'm not like Elijah, but the reality is is you can be. And so we want to look at the whole issue of prayer through his life and how, how did he become a man like he was. And we're going to see that God uses the circumstances of his life to teach him lessons. And the fact of the matter is, is God uses the circumstances in your life to teach you lessons as well. So I want you to, first of all, I want you to grasp a couple of things as we talk about understanding prayer. Because... Here's two foundational things that you need to recognize. The first one is this. Prayer is connected to our faith. Prayer is connected to our faith. In fact, if you go to James chapter 5, verse 15, it says this, And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. What is the prayer of faith? Well, another translation would be faith's prayer. So how do you and I get to the place where we can pray and see God do great things. Well, the first thing you need to understand is maybe the reason why you're struggling in prayer is because of the fact that you're struggling in your faith. I'll explain that in a moment. Maybe the reason why you're struggling with your prayer life or you're struggling praying is because you have a struggle with faith in God. What do you mean by that? Well, here's the thing. All of us live life. All of us go through the things that we go through. All of us face struggles. Probably some of you this week had some things go very wrong and you were frustrated. You had to deal with that and you're not looking forward to next week because maybe it's got its own challenges ahead. Now here's the question I have for you. How many of you, the first thing you did was pray and ask God to help you through that. Now, don't raise your hand. How many of you did that? For most of us, I'll just be honest with you, prayer didn't enter into the equation until it became too intense for us. Do you understand? It's not the first thing we think about. Why? Because we've got a faith issue. What does that mean? Well, let me explain what I mean by that. It's this. Yesterday, I I had some guys work on my Yukon. I had... They worked on a problem with my transmission and my some fuel lines that needed to be replaced. Now, 
I go to the guy who takes care of it because I trust him to make a good decision as far as he's going to fix my transmission and he's going to do my fuel lines okay. Let's just say that I didn't have any trust in him. Let's just say I didn't believe in his skills whatsoever. Do you think I would take my car to him? No. Not unless I want what? More problems. But the problem is, no, not the problem. The fact is, is I did trust this guy. I know his ability. I know that if I give him the issue, he's going to take care of him. Would you say that I have faith in him? Yes. So stop for a moment. You're going throughout your life. You're facing one crisis and one situation after another. Do you pray? And if you don't pray, you need to ask yourself a question. Do you trust God? And maybe the lack of trust is the reason why you don't pray. Do you understand what I'm saying? Prayer is connected to your faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? It seems very obvious. In fact, I'm not, just so you say, well, you're getting pretty close to what those prosperity preachers preach. No, 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 I, I reject what they preach. Jesus said if you had faith like a mustard seed, you'd be able to say to this tree, uproot yourself, and it would. The issue is trust. Do you trust God? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you trust God? Do you trust Him? For instance, think about it. Jesus said that when we come to God, we are to come to God like a little what? Child. So I often think of like when Maddie and Foster were very small and they had a toy and it broke and I can remember Maddie bringing it to me and and her words were, you know, daddy fix. Why? Because she believed, what? That daddy could do everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? So she had faith in daddy to fix her favorite toy. Now, what she didn't know was at that point was if daddy couldn't fix it, daddy quietly got rid of it. Did you understand what I'm saying? So that she didn't get disappointed in dad. Did you understand what I'm saying? also maybe raises the issue, maybe your disappointment is keeping you from praying because he didn't answer you the way you wanted to. Faith is connected to prayer. Prayer is connected to faith. So that's what I want you to see. Now, that raises a question about what faith is. Well, here's the definition for faith. Faith is a trust in God in spite of our circumstances. It's a trust in God in spite of our circumstances. It's, yes, you and I are going to face circumstances. You and I are going to face difficulties. You and I are going to face bleak situations that don't appear like they're going to get better. But you trust God to carry you through it. Do you understand what I'm saying? You put your trust and faith in God to carry you through that difficulty. You're trusting in Him that for whatever reason, even if He allows you to go through it, you're trusting Him that He knows better what needs to happen in your life. Do you understand? That as you go through it, He's the one who's in control. And that's what we need to do as we understand prayers. Now, why am I bringing that up? Because we're going to look at the life of Elijah. And he's introduced for the very first time in Scriptures in 1 Kings chapter 17. And we don't really know much about him. He just appears on the scene. We know that he is from Gilead. It's a part of Israel. 
He's from Tishba. That's probably the village that he came from. So he's called Elijah the Tishbite. His name is very interesting. It's actually the combination of two Hebrew words for God, Elohim and Yahweh, Elijah. So his name literally means the Lord is God. So he obviously had very spiritual parents. But I want you to see this interesting story from the life of this great prophet and what we can learn, because this is where we're going to get our first lesson from today. We're going to talk about dependence, how God, what he brings us through to get us to the place of depending on him. Now, why is that important when we talk about prayer and when we talk about faith? Because that's what faith is, folks. Faith is dependence upon God. You may want to write that down. Faith is dependence upon God. Did you understand what I'm saying? So that's the key thing. So how does God help us to come to the place where we depend upon him? We're going to see that from the life of Elijah. So I want you to notice with me, we're just going to look at the first eight verses of chapter 17. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here, turn eastward, and hide by the brook Cherith, or Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, and he went and stayed by the brook Kareth, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, We're going to look at this, and I'm going to bring out to you six things from this place of learning. Six things from this place to help us to understand about dependence. As we talk about our faith and our faith being connected to God, and we want to have a meaningful prayer life as we're in the school of prayer, we really need to talk about First of all, learning dependence upon God, and we see that in the life of Elijah. The first thing I want you to see is this. Number one, God does not allow us to stay in our spiritual victories. God does not allow us to stay in our spiritual victories. What are you talking about spiritual victories, George? Well, when you look at the very first verse, it says here that Elijah was a prophet of God. That is, he is a spokesman for God to the northern kingdom, and he appears before Ahab. Now, who's Ahab? Well, he's not the guy who went after Moby Dick. He's actually a king of the northern kingdom. And just so you understand, this is not just any ordinary king. This is probably the most wicked king that Israel ever had. He was an Israelite, but he was married to a foreign woman by the name of Jezebel, and he worshipped Baal and Ashtaroth. He did not live according to the God of Israel. He was very wicked. And so... 
God sends Elijah to actually pronounce what God is about to do, that God is going to punish the northern kingdom and punish Ahab by not allowing it to reign. So you think about that. He's going to go and just appear out of nowhere and stand before the king of Israel and make this proclamation. That would be like you showing up on the White House lawn without getting arrested and making a proclamation to the face of the president. Do you think that would happen? you think that would be pretty bold to do? You probably would be arrested today, right? No different in that day. But here's the thing. He's empowered by God to do it. But I want you to see something here. Even as he goes and does this, he makes this proclamation, but God doesn't leave him there. God immediately says to him, get out of there. I'm going to send you somewhere else. Why? Because God doesn't leave us in our spiritual victories. We want him to. Don't you enjoy those high moments with the Lord? Don't you enjoy those moments when you see God answering prayer? Don't you enjoy those moments when you sense his encouragement, the strength that he gives you to face the things that you're facing throughout the week and through the days? But then have you noticed that those times sometimes are often, what, few and far in between? that actually most of your time is spent in difficulty and in struggles. And you're like, why can't I have more of those mountaintop experiences? Well, here's the thing I want you to understand. God doesn't leave us in those. Oh, yeah, he lets us experience them, but he doesn't leave us there. He doesn't leave you in those victories. Here's why. Look at the second point I want you to see. The second point I want you to see is that God will take us to a cutting place. Wait a minute, hold on a second, George. Where, where do you get that? Well, the Hebrew word kareth, or cherith, as whichever way you want to pronounce it there, means cutting. It's a cutting place. It really is symbolic here of God taking Elijah to a place where he's going to work on him. He's going to mold him because he actually has things and we're going to see that as we go through the life of Elijah. He actually has things ahead for Elijah that are going to be more powerful than just appearing for the king and making a statement. But Elijah has to be prepared. Do you know? Do you understand what I'm saying? Elijah has to learn some things and so he's got to take Elijah to a place where he can get worked on, where he can get cut, so to speak. What do you mean? Well, he's got some rough edges that need to be, what, honed down. Have you noticed something? Can I be honest with you? I want you to think about it for a moment. How many of you love going through rough times? Nobody's raising their hand. That's good, because if you did, we need to talk to you, because that's not normal. But what I want to tell you is this. Have you noticed that every time you go through that negative experience, you change. Have you noticed that? Every time you go through a negative experience, every time you go through a difficulty, every time you go through a struggle, every time you go through a hardship, you change. Now you say, is that necessarily bad? Sometimes it can be bad, but a lot of times, I'll be honest with you, it's actually for good because it matures you. Have you noticed that maturity doesn't come from the woohoo moments? Maturity comes from what? The difficulties, the struggles, 
the cutting places we end up going to. And this is what I need you to understand. So when we talk about prayer, and we talk about prayer being connected to our faith, you and I have to go through what? The struggles, the defeats. Do you understand what I'm saying? And and we see that from, from history. Like, okay, so some of you love Hershey chocolates, right? You know, like I remember one time we went... We went camping at Hershey Meadows there, and we went to the museum, and you learned the story of Milton Hershey and stuff, and you realized that he just didn't start off creating Hershey Industries. He actually failed two or three times before the success of Hershey. Why? He learned from his experiences. Did you understand what I'm saying? Failures are not necessarily bad, folks. Difficulties are not necessarily bad. What we see here is that God will take you and I, just like Elijah, to a cutting place. Here's the third thing I want you to see. And this is the one that some of you are going to struggle with. God takes us there for our protection. Stop for a moment. If you're a wicked king, you don't really care about God, some pest shows up, says to you, it isn't going to rain until I say the word, your response is going to be, let's get rid of this gnat. Let's get rid of this mosquito. Let's take care of this problem. Who is this guy? So I'm going to be honest with you. It's not a really secure situation for Elijah. So Elijah has got to disappear, especially even if something didn't happen immediately, as soon as the weather changes and the drought sets in and things get pretty severe, you want to take care of the guy who brought the bad news. So what does God do? He takes Elijah out of the scene and takes him to some off-the-wall place, not just to teach him lessons, but also for his what? Protection. Stop. I want to give you something to think about. I guess as I'm getting older now, I'm in my 50s, I look back at some of the struggles that I've gone through in my Christian life. And at the time, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you, I did not want to be in the midst of them. If you were to ask me, George, how did you pray? I pray, God, get me out of them. If you ask me how I pray, I said, God, eliminate my problem. Eliminate the source of my problem. Let me just stop for a moment. Isn't that how you guys pray? Can you relate to me? Because some of you right now, that's how you're praying in the midst of your problem, right? And I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. Most of the time, a great majority of the time, God did not even hear my prayer. Well, he did hear my prayer. He just didn't answer it. It wasn't until later that as I reflect back on it now, even though that was unpleasant, even though that was not the experience I wanted to go through, he allowed it to happen, listen, for my protection. And I'll tell you this right now, that sometimes what I needed to be protected from, are you ready for this, was myself. Did you hear that? Let me say that again. Sometimes what I needed to be protected from was myself. See, God took him to this out-of-the-way place. Let me just describe to you this book, just so you don't think it's like Anderson Creek that flows right by my house down here. We're talking, what is it? And actually, when you go to Palestine, it's called a wadi. And it's a really a, a ditch that's been cut out of the rock or out of the sand 
that during the rainy season flows with water, but as the rainy season disappears and the heat sets in, the water disappears. So it's not necessarily an ever-flowing source of water. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about going somewhere where maybe there was a few trees to shelter him, drinking his water from a ditch. But God brought him there in that difficult circumstance to protect him. Sometimes what we go through is for our own protection. Here's the next thing I want you to see. I want you to grasp a hold of. When you're in that circumstance, when you're in that situation and you've been brought to a cutting place in your life, as we see with Elijah, you learn to depend on God as we're faithful to his word. We learn to depend on God as we're faithful to his word. He went there because God told him, and so he was obedient. And God said to him, look, I'm going to feed you. I'm going to provide water for you. Because look, he's in the middle of nowhere. And so God's going to take care of him. God's going to feed him morning and evening. God's going to make sure that he has water, even though it's from a ditch. But he's learning to depend upon God even as he's obedient to his word. Let me just stop for a moment. That's where we get hung up. What do you mean we get hung up, George? We get hung up because when God calls us to, listen to me, to obey him, we often wonder, well, who's going to take care of me if I do what you tell me to do, God? You and I have to learn that obedience requires us to be dependent upon who? God. Next thing I want you to see is here is this. Look with me. God's care is not what we expect. Now, just so you understand, he's been told to go to the brook Cherith. God says, I will provide you meat and bread in the morning, meat and bread in the evening. So I want you to understand, I just want you not to develop this picture. Do not develop in your mind a picture that these birds showed up with a bag from the local McDonald's with an Egg McMuffin in the morning and a quarter pounder in the evening. That's not what's going on here. But I want you to think about it. It's a raven. Now, we don't have ravens in our area, I don't think, but we do have something that is a close cousin. It's a crow. Now, crows don't normally come around my house except on garbage day. On Thursday morning, you'll, you'll see the crows showing up on our street because people have set out their what? Garbage. So I want you to think for a moment. God's taking care of him, but what he's providing for him isn't probably the kind of thing that we would necessarily want. but he's still providing bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening. What's the point I want you to see here? As you grow to depend upon God, listen, he's going to take care of you, but it may not be what you want. Do you understand what I'm saying? It may not be what you want, but the fact of the matter is, is he took care of you. In fact, think about it for a moment. As you think about the difficult places that God has brought you through, he took care of you through that, didn't he, right? But he didn't give you 
T-bone steak every day. But he took care of you. See, you learn to depend upon him no matter what. That's what's going on here. God's care is not what we expect. Here's one more thing I want you to see. And this is where we have to grasp the hold. You're only there for a short while. Some of you right now, you need to hear that because some of you are like, okay, so I'm supposed to learn where I'm at, but how long am I going to be here, George? It just seems like it's never ending. It just seems like I'm just going to go through it. How long do I need to be here? You need to grasp you're only there for a short time. Because the scripture records, look with me at verse 7 and verse 8. It says, the brook dried up. And in verse 8, it said, the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said, I want you to go somewhere else now. The school only is for a short period of time so that you can learn the lesson. What's the lesson? Depend upon God. Let me give you two statements. Here's the first one. Don't waste your circumstance. Don't waste your circumstances. If you're like me, the last thing that you want to experience is a struggle. The last thing that you want to go through is a tough time. And when you get through it, the last thing that you want to remember is what you just went through. Am I the only one who feels that way? I think we're all like that, right? We don't want to go through the tough times, and we sure don't want to remember the rough times, right? But here's what I'm wanting you to understand is, is I want you to take a different approach from it. I want you to look at it differently. I want you not to waste your circumstance. Because why am I saying that? The scripture says, David says in Psalms, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God brought you into your difficulty, into your struggle, so that you, listen to me, could learn something from him and grow more dependent upon him. And so even though maybe what you're going through right now is not great, not wonderful, but don't waste it. Don't waste your circumstances. Here's the second thing I want you to grasp. Allow God to use your experiences to increase your faith, and prayer life. Allow God to use your experiences, even the negative ones, to increase your faith, that's dependence upon Him, trust in Him, and your prayer life. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, I have been a believer now in Jesus Christ 32 years. I'm going to tell you right now, the way that I'm praying right now in my prayer life the interaction that I have with God, the trust that I have with Him is completely different than when I was in seminary 20-some years ago. And it's definitely different from when I first came to know Jesus 32 years ago. Why? Because He has brought me through some things and taught me a lot about Him and it's affected how I pray. Do you understand? 
That's what the school of prayer is. It's really a journey of the growth of your faith and your trust in God. That's what we're talking about. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.